0: All right, here we go. Here we go. Welcome, 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 everybody. It's Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. That must be time for another live stream. So let's do it. Um, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from DansFish.com. So if you want to get a hold of me or anything like that, you can get a hold of me, Dan at DansFish.com. You can get a hold of me through Facebook or many other ways anyway um hey welcome ringatui glad you're here mr b's dank hey it's happening yeah we're going to talk about that in a minute i'm pretty excited Um, pretty darn excited so uh i'm going to wait for a few more people to get in here and then i'll go over all that i think youtube might be forcing them to watch a commercial or something so brought welcome back glad you're here welcome welcome so it's been a, There's a lot to talk about today. I think it's going to be a pretty, uh, a pretty fun one. I've got uh, many things to go over. So here's kind of the plan for today. Um, I'm going to talk about some changes in the fish room. I'm going to talk about a, a real quick update, just two quick items about the GetGills.com website. That'll just take a minute. just want to let you guys know where we're at in our progress of building that site out more. And then uh, the Africa order—that's the main topic of discussion tonight. Will be this order from Nigeria that I've been working on forever. That's about to uh, about to happen, I think. So, hey, Bob Kaler, glad you made it this week, Bob. Michael Wilson, hello, hello, Mr. Beast fishing things. Yeah, that tank. There's some changes to that tank behind me. We'll talk about them in a second. Priscilla, fifty-four Punchy. Hey, my Wyoming neighbor, how you doing? So 54, I had to trim those plants again. Like those those pogo stem and stellatus octopus are just growing like crazy. But that's cool because I had a neighbor that uh, could use them. So they got the clippings. So paying it forward. Uh, Reels tanks. I keep wanting to say real thing for you, fish tanks. Fish guru. Hey, Thomas. Uh, Mile high. Glad you made it. River Life. Hello, River Life. Welcome, Karen Guppies. Hello, uh, River Life. I don't know if you've been here before. If uh, if you have, then pardon that I forgot, but if you haven't, welcome to the channel. Uh, good to have you around. Jenny Lynn Moreland. Howdy. Tokoman Aquatics. Glad you're here. Keith Bordley and Dan Linick. Linick, I'm sure it's Linick. and Daryl Dimer. So I'm going to get to it. So here's the order today. Um, We'll, we'll talk about just a couple changes in the fish room. Then I'm going to briefly, briefly talk about two quick updates with the getgills.com website. That'll just take a second. And then I'm going to talk about this order from Africa. So um, the first thing is, as someone noticed, there's been some changes to this aquarium. Uh, I removed the, the swordtails because I'm trying to consolidate space. So I had another tank with swordtails in it. So I was able to take those swordtails out and put them in there. And that freed up enough room that I could take these Odessa barbs, which are fantastic in person. I'm not quite sure what they're looking like for you guys on the live stream, but in person these things are glorious. And the, uh, the Roseline or Denison barbs in here, because those were each taking up one tank. So I was able to free up two tanks by clearing out the swordtails in here to give me some more room for the Africa order. Um, before we get into the Africa order, I just want to remind everyone, if you're new here and uh, don't know the procedure, if you have a question or comment for me specifically for Dan's Fish, then uh, please make it at Dan's Fish and I'll see it and I'll get right to it. And um, see, Candy's not here. We'll give Candy a few minutes, see if she shows up. I know she's got a lot going on. A lot going on in her personal life. So uh, if she doesn't show up, then we might mod someone uh, just, to, just to get this, keep the stream going. But anyway, at fish, I'll see it just like River Life did. First timer, thank you very much. Well, hey, first timer and you did the procedure naturally. <laughs> Good on you, River Life. I can tell this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Um, now, right before I talk about the update on the Africa Order, I want to show you this so two two quick updates about the website this is the first one if you have a store on the website and you go to your items you can now see how many views each item has had so odessa barbs three eight views on these rainbows 58 views on the limia uh, nigra fasciatas uh, zero on the tequila and that makes sense because i i no longer have them available so i removed them And a 17 on the rice, or no, not 17, five on the rice fish. So that helps the seller kind of know how their items are doing. So if you have a store on Get Gills and you have items in it, you can now go to them and see how many people are looking at your stuff. So you get an idea of what people are interested in. Or, hey, no one's looking at that item. Maybe I should share it on social media so people see that it's out there. You know, it helps you manage your stuff. Um, So that is the, the main thing. The other thing that we did is we we fixed the metadata on the back end so that when you post to Facebook, if you want to share something you have for sale um, on getgills.com through Facebook or another uh, social media platform, it collects the metadata and allows you to uh, have images with that post. Um, it allows you to, in certain groups and settings, uh, change the descriptions and things like that in the post. So, that that link, you can kind of customize the information that people will see. So, so hopefully that helps folks that are, are trying to sell on getgills.com. 54 Punchy, candy is in Hawaii. Sponsored trip by Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh man. Well, that makes sense why she's not here. (laughs) All right. All right. So, um, I, I'm going to make someone else a mod. What, I'm, what I want to do is, is there anyone here who doesn't already moderate 20 live streams and five Facebook groups? You know, someone who, I don't want to make someone who's always modding other channels mod again. You know, I want those people to take a break and be able to have some fun. Um, but if you're not already modding lots of places and you want to help out, uh, let me know and uh and i'll put you in the pool for consideration for a mod uh 54 punchy i'd love to mod you but i know you mod like several other channels and maybe you want a break you know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) all right um but that's great i'm glad to hear that candy's in hawaii um that's fantastic in fact um i'm gonna be there's a there's a fundraising campaign, as you know, I'm sure for, for her son. And I just encourage you all, anyone that has a store on get gills, um, I'm until the end of the year, going to donate 10% of my profits to that cause. Um, and that was sparked, I believe by potato fish. Um, it's, it's on the face on the get gills, Facebook group, if you want to check that out. But if you have a store there and you can afford to, um, it would be a great thing, I think, if we all chipped in to help, help Candy out with her son's treatments. So cool. All right. Fish Guru Aquatics at Dan's Fish. I went to the local fish store, hopping or hoping, and I saw one of my bucket fish. Oh, mascara barbs. I just stared at it a while. Have you ever bred them? How difficult is it? I haven't bred them. They're not super difficult. Uh, Ted Judy has a video on how to do it. I've kept and bred filament barbs, which are the same genus, different species. Um, Never tried to raise the babies, but honestly, if you separate the sexes, plump those females up, put them together, uh, just like you would any egg scatterer, I don't think that they're gonna be difficult for you. Now, again, I never like have bred that species in person, so who knows, but I don't think so. Um, And Greg Sage's, video on breeding Odessa barbs might be helpful might uh give you some ideas like all those egg scatterers you can kind of pick and choose from different people's methods and make your own but it's just about giving them a place to lay the eggs where they can't eat them that's that's the basics and then the fry are teeny 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 tiny so it's getting them started on you know infusoria um rotifers things like that mike's aquatics i believe is the name Uh, a guy in the uk is breeding tons of different egg scatterers right now making great content about how he does it so that would be worth checking out too but thomas i I don't think they're a difficult fish to to spawn i don't think they're any more difficult than filament barbs or any of the other ones in that genus um i'm looking here 54 punchy says lol i don't mind a bit okay 54 i'm gonna go ahead and mod you up because you and i I've been around the block together a few times, and um, and I know you'll do a great job. So there you go, 54. You are now modded up. If I did it right, <laughs> let me double check here. Remove moderator. Yeah, you are. Okay, great. So if I have an option to remove you, it must mean that you are one. Perfect. Uh, let's see what I missed here. River life, mod me. Oh, <laughs> sorry, River life. I just modded 54 and. You know this is like our first date, so let's wait to get to know each other a bit before we hop on the mod train. River Life, <laughs> Team Aquatics. Hello, Bob Kaler, forty nine watching a record. Yeah, I think it could fifty. Where's like the we need like the confetti to fall and like the party. What are those called? Ooh, kazoo things. I don't know noisemakers. Yeah, awesome. That that might be a record. So. um Again, if you have a comment for me, make it at DanceFish, fish, let it populate, select it and I'll, I'll get right to it. But let's move on to Africa. So here's what's going down on the order for Africa. So uh, the collector contacted me and he said, do you want to receive the fish October 31st or November 1st? And I'm like, well, you might not know this, but in the United States, October 31st is kind of Halloween. Um, so let's do it on the first. So uh, that seems to all be in order. Uh, so I expect to get the shipment from Africa in on November 1st. Now I don't control whether that actually happens or not, but that seems to be what's going on. I contacted my, um, fish and wildlife representative at the airport. She's down with it. She's all ready to go. I contacted, um, a transship import agent who's a friend of mine. Uh, I'm importing them directly on my own license, but this is someone that's imported just so many thousands of fish for years and years. So she's going to go with me and just like make sure I know exactly where to go. So I don't wander around the airport like an idiot for 10 hours, you know, trying to find the right spot and find out, oh, that's in the building over there. Denver Airport's pretty big. So Um, so it's all set up for November 1st. What I don't have yet is the um, air bill. So they haven't actually been booked on a flight yet. And then until that happens, anything could change, I suppose, on the, it's up to the collector, the exporter. But let me go over a list of what we're getting and pictures of what we're getting. So I spent some time today gathering links that I could show you guys so you can see exactly what we're getting in this import from Nigeria. I'm pretty excited about it. So here's the list. Uh, let me just show you pictures of these different species in case you don't know what they are. Let's start with aphiosimian australi. Um, and let's see, go here. So this is kind of the wild type aphiosimian australi. It's, uh, it's not a super colorful fish on the body, but has red dots. And then has kind of those red and white uh, bits on the fin, which the orange and gold australi kind of accentuate. But this is the wild form that we'll be getting right here. Or if it's not this, it's something very close to it. Uh, This is a chocolate which is very similar to the wild fish. Um, The bivitatums, now these are going to be spectacular. Um, I already know that because no matter what species of bivitatum you have, it's spectacular. Um, Lagos, so let's see here, what here is from Lagos? These guys are from Lagos, so that's an example of them. this is from Lagos. So these are just an amazing killifish, amazing finnage. When they display, they're so stunning. Um, a lot of the time they look like this, right? They're just swimming around without flaring and stuff. And they're still pretty, but when they flare, uh, they are absolutely amazing. And they flare a lot if they're healthy and happy. The next one is Afiosimen, uh caliurum. That's how I'm going to say it. <laughs> And that is this fish right here. Um, another beautiful killifish. Not very common in the hobby. You can find australis and you can find bivitatums, but these guys are a little difficult to find. So we're getting a couple hundred of those in. Um, now, this one, Myers eye, is actually Poropanchax. I just haven't updated the genus here. It was Apicalyctes like in the nineties or the eighties, but they've updated that. It's a tiny little lamp eye. And um, this here I believe is the Brachard eye, which is a close relative. So I believe this right here is is a decent representation of this little lamp eye, the Poropanchax Myers eye. Although keep in mind in photos, the, the glowing eyes, which is what they get the name lamp eye for, is not going to, um, not gonna pick up very well on camera but these are tiny little guys maybe an inch probably more like three quarters of an inch kind of like the ember tetras of um of killifish um Epipilates, and i'm not sure exactly which species i'm getting but based on where they're coming from i think it's probably grammy, um which is this one Uh, Some other pictures of it are down here. This is from the American Killifish Association's website. So these are surface dweller, like little pikes that sit and wait for insects to fall on the surface of the water or in captivity, baby guppies to be born (laughs) and swim up to the surface. And then they pounce on them. Um, So kind of a striated, dotted, little bit of color on the margins. Of course, each location is very different. So I'm not sure exactly what I'm getting or if that is the species, but I think so. Then Spolachian, this is an old favorite. If you have a uh, Jorgen Shields' book, the kind of the original Rigulus of the Old World, um, he has pictures of these in there. They're a lamp eye, so sheen on the body, some yellow and red in the fins, but mainly it's about the eye that glows super bright and does not look good on camera, but looks pretty cool otherwise. Now this one, macrothalmus. I think is what we currently call Luxophthalmus. Um, so I believe it's going to be more like these guys. Um, hopefully, it's like this guy with the neat little extension on the dorsal fin and the color around the edges. But but that's a specific kind of subspecies location. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what it'll be. But it'll be a little lampeye, kind of like kind of like Normanni, Norman's killies, which are pretty frequently available but this is another species in in I think the same genus now one of my favorites but first all right just want to give you a break from staring at that okay deep breath we're gonna dive back in you ready okay here we go here we go so my favorite lamp eye of all time is this procatapus similus these are fantastic they're gorgeous I've had them before and they're just stunning fish. They're kind of like the um, like blue eyes, um, like pseudomugil rainbow fish, fricatus and uh, leksothalmus and stuff like. Wait, that's a killifish. But um, the different little blue-eyed rainbow fish. These guys inhabit that same niche in Africa. So um, they've they kind of are similar in behavior. Active fish. Kind of a shoaling fish, nice colors. Um, my absolute favorite Lampi so far. Although I do like the Tanganyikan Lampi too. Um, these tanganicus. But these guys are small. They might be about two inches full grown, maybe two and a half on a super big male. Um, easy to keep, friendly little community fish. and ansorgii. So this is what they call the African neon tetra. Although, as you'll see, it doesn't look anything like that. It, I mean, I guess a little similar, but it doesn't have the glowing bright blue or green, you know, lateral line on them. But um, really cool little fish and truly little, like three centimeters is max size on these guys. So I don't know what that is. It's less than an inch and a half, I think. Um, never kept this fish before, always wanted to. And I think the ones I'm getting will look more like the fish on top here than they will the fish on the bottom but uh, I'm pretty sure it's these guys. But there's, there's many different populations of this fish, so it could be something completely different. But this is the same species, these two fish. At least they think. This one might be a different species, but it hasn't been described as such as of 2012, anyway. Um, Nanocharax latifasciatus. So you'll probably have never seen this before. Not a super colorful fish. Oh, this one has some color on it, a little bit of red and kind of a a stripe on it. But what they are is they're like the darter tetras of the African world. So they're a a tetra, they're a kerosene. Um, So like the hummingbird tetras and darter tetras from South America, these guys inhabit that niche. Let's see if we can get a a good picture here. Uh, I think that's as good as we're going to get. They they inhabit that niche in the um, in the rivers in Africa. So very similar fish to the Kerasidium species, which are what we call Darter tetras or Hummingbird tetras. Uh, Kerasidium, what is it, Fasciatus is the one that you usually see. Um, Kerasidium rakavai is my all-time favorite, probably, bottom-dwelling tetra, but that's hard to get. They're out of Uruguay, and no one really ships from there regularly. So these are the next one. These are the... Um, African glass catfishes, basically a see-through catfish. They need to be in groups. They're different from the Asian glass fishes in that they have four. Count them. I'm sorry, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. And there's two here that must be facing backwards. Um, I think eight feelers. Oh yeah, there's one up there and probably one here that we can't see. Um, eight feelers. In the Asian species that you often see, only has two. So. They're a completely different genus. Uh, they're, they're as related as like a parrot and a crow, not very related, but they've adapted to the same niche, and so they, they look very similar. I'm super excited about those. Those are not a rare fish, but they're one that I like a lot. Now, Piv- chromus taniatis, not super rare. You can usually find them uh, if you go to like, you know, specialty shops but uh, a little harder to find. They're like a krabinsis type, super spectacular fish. And I don't know which location I'm getting yet, but it doesn't really matter to me. They're all stunning. Um, but anyway, I'm getting some location a Pelvic uh, I don't know. Could it, These are from Nigeria and the ones I'm getting are from Nigeria. So maybe it's these, although I bet that in Nigeria, there's probably a thousand different rivers with their own kind of strain or location of this fish but those are coming um and then two more and we'll get back to not staring at a screen this is another cichlid cremita tilapia gunthrai and i i found this article on them it's hard to find information on them ouch that looks like it hurts um but there's some pictures here that i think are when I, There aren't a lot of pictures of these fish, and the ones that there are look like stressed out brand new imports. So it took me a while to find some of fish that looked like they'd settled in. I think this is breeding condition with the bright red belly. They're a mouth brooding species. Um, anyway, I'm excited to get those. Basically what these are, are the geophagus of Africa. So they're an earth eater that... Um, is adapted to the same niche as the geophagus have down in south america and like the geophagus they're they're a mouth brooder uh last one and these guys are awesome i don't know why they're not in the hobby more they're i mean you can get them anytime you just can never find them in the united states but they're common in africa um, this is brycinus longipennis, and these guys are absolutely stunning um so they, they're basically a form of Congo Tetra, if you will, uh, with the, the, you know, they don't have the uh, trident fin, but they have the long dorsal um, kind of striking Tetra. I think a school of these swimming around together looks spectacular. So now these come from many, many different locations as well. I don't know what the location is of the one I'm getting, but, um, but it's a fish I'm, I'm really excited about. I've seen pictures of them. I've maybe seen one at a public aquarium, but I've never seen them in a pet store or in a hobbyist's fish tanks. Um so yeah, I'm excited. So so that's what's going on. And hopefully November 1st. I, I mean, man, it better be. So <laughs> I spent the last several days uh just moving fish around to clear up tanks because I I had fish in the tanks to keep them cycled while I was waiting for this order to get processed. And then, so now I have tons of empty tanks and I filled those tanks up with scuds um, so that they can uh, keep the tank cycle going while there's no fish in there. So, and also populate so that when the fish are put in there, they've just got all this live food waiting for them. One of the best ways to acclimate fish, in my opinion, is uh, just... Put them in a live food culture and they'll be super happy so i've been working really hard to get to get the fish room in shape for that i uh i made a video where i showed you guys this i made 17 new fruit fly cultures so that i could have a ton of live food ready for them because especially these killifish they're not going to be used to flake food or pellet food or rapache or anything like that so i don't want them to get here and then have gone through the stress of of being Caught in the wild and exported to me, and put in my tanks, and then not have a food that they recognize. Like the the first couple of days, I want to be like, "No eat, like recover. You've had a long trip," and then I'll uh, and then I'll start trying to transition them and stuff after they're medicated. So, um, I bought a whole bunch of containers to start a bunch of new micro worm cultures because. A lot of these fish, two of them at least, are poropanchax type species, and they're under an inch. So uh, having microworms will be a good food for them, baby brine shrimp, things like that. So a lot of prep going on in the fish room right now. But um, I can't wait to film this unboxing, uh, provided it actually comes through, which it should. So anyway, um, that's the update in depth of the Africa order november 1st is i think when it's gonna happen so um let me scroll up and see the chat that i missed um all right so <laughs> yeah for, for those that don't know you'll see the 54 punchy now has mod powers which is fantastic um Mile High plug goes, you have to drive past my house to get to Denver Airport. Yeah, so Mile High and Priscilla, and also I'll reach out to Greg Sage. Um, The bad part of this coming in November 1st is the day before is Halloween. So I don't know if people are going to be free or not, but depending on the time of the flight, and I don't know that yet. But as soon as I know when the flight is, um, I'll be contacting you guys to see if there's a chance that maybe I could swing by, see your fish rooms, uh, we could just meet up and chat. Um, so I might drive down Wednesday morning. So the morning of Halloween and see if I can do some of that. But I don't know if you guys like work during the day and then have Halloween plans that evening, that might be a little tough, but, but that's where my mind's at. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited about this 54 punchy. Okay, I can see more tanks in my future. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that that order is exciting. There's going to be a lot of um, stuff there that that I've only seen in like an aquarium magazine every now and then, or something like that, or at a public aquarium. So I'm excited to get some of this stuff in and see if see if if we can spread it around the hobby. All right. Scrolling down to see what else I missed. Oh, not much. (laughs) All I see is that John went off to get his pizza. Peace out. (laughs) All right. Um, Cool. So let's see here. Um, I'm sure there's stuff down here for me that wasn't made at Dan's Fish. So let me take a look mile high priscilla's the devil in disguise is it a disguise though is it <laughs> otter creek hey welcome otter creek glad you made it for those that don't know otter creek uh, has a store on getgills.com and you can check out some uh stuff there i i believe plants right now if i remember right for sale that otter creek has reels tanks when i think of fish for africa i was not thinking killifish oh i do they're the first thing i think of when i think of africa as far as fish goes um and then of course the rift lake cichlids pop in my head but but yeah absolutely (laughs) let's see here Otter Creek is catching up on the content. Well, there's a lot of it, so uh, hopefully it keeps you busy and entertained for a while, Otter. <laughs> Bob, how do we talk off of YouTube, says my lie. <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> all I know is YouTube. What, what's outside of that? Reese Tanks, I think I need to start building racks. Yes, you do. Um, it's pretty easy to do. My little kids helped me. They can do it. I've got a video on building racks if you want to check it out. And you'll see like my, at the time, how old were they? Like, uh, I don't know, nine and seven-year-old helping out. So if the kids can handle it, you got this. You got this, James. (laughs) All right. I saw some stuff. Hang on. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. So, 54, what, what are you talking about that you've got growing out here? Is that your, uh, hang on, I'll find it. Oh, the 182. So you got some Plecos growing out. Awesome. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. Dan Linick is going to get in touch with Mile High to get some Plecos. Cool. So that's where I'm at, if you're wondering. Bob Kaler. Actually, before I do that, I saw someone. Oh, ACH Aquatics, will you be doing an unboxing video when they come in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to pass that up. In fact, I'll probably take you all on the trip, um, you know, show you the the kit I take when I go pick up fish from the airport. Um, there's some items I like to have with me just to be prepared because stuff can go wrong. <laughs> and I'm going to have to rent a car because nine big old boxes of fish Um there's like close to 2,500 fish coming in this order. And so that won't all fit in my little uh, Honda Accord. So I'm gonna have to go rent a car, drive down there, hopefully stop by uh, mile high and Priscilla and maybe Greg Sage and stuff like that. Um, and see some fish rooms and stuff and take you all in that video. And then yeah, I'll, I'll if I can, depending on regulations and if the fish and wildlife are cool with it, I'll show some stuff there at the airport they might not be cool with it though. So um, yeah, I'll take you on the journey and then I'll definitely have an unboxing video or 10. I mean, there's a lot of content in that, so for sure. Bob Kaler, will you still have rainbow fish? Those you posted today are very nice. Yeah, um, I've still got a few. I've got like six of the Erie and Reds, um, which some folks here have have gotten from me and have been happy with, so I think people like those. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Trifasciatus, I think I've got maybe 15 of those in that tank. Those are the ones I posted today on, I made a video of. Um, and so I might still have those. There's a local biology teacher who uh, said he might come by and get them. So it just depends on who orders them first, really. Um, and then the, I've been selling some of these Parkinsoni rainbows behind me. So I don't know how long we'll have those. I still got the Wapoga red lasers breeding. So I have those. So I'll have a few. I think, Bob, I think the next rainbows I get, there's some I'm missing that I really like. So depending on how many tanks this Africa order takes, if there's some, some room, um, I think we'll get some threadfin or featherfin rainbows because I just love them. I like the Pseudomugil fricatus. I like the uh, pygmy rainbow. I like the small guys. So yeah, those are on the list to get. So I will, Bob. It just depends on uh, how much space this Africa order actually takes. And if it takes all my space, then how quickly I sell and have tanks available. But I like Rainbow Fish. I always have. By the way, I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, I hear on live streams a lot and in forums or forums, that was years ago, on social media and things, people talking about um, it's outrageous how much rainbow fish cost, and we got to do something to make them lower the cost. And I want to tell you why they cost so much. Maybe people aren't aware of this. So there's two things. One is that they're an inefficient, labor-intensive fish to breed in any kind of quantity. And I'll go into that in a minute. And two is that um, they grow super slowly. They're not a fast-growing fish. Put those things together and you have a fish that costs a lot. Let me explain this. So if I'm at a fish farm, which is where most of the fish that are, you know, cost efficient come from. They're being farmed in massive numbers. That's why they're cost efficient. And I breed, let's take a really common fish that's bred all the time. Let's take a tiger barb. In fact, there's a reason that black skirts or white skirt tetras and tiger barbs were, and zebra danios were the first fish that became glowfish. It's because they're super easy to reproduce in massive numbers, they're not labor-intensive, and they grow really quickly. So they're very profitable, easy to farm and raise in large quantity fish. That makes them cheap and ideal for those glowfish folks, right? So if I have a danio or a tiger barb or a skirt tetra, all I have to do is put 10 pairs or trios, reverse trios usually, together in their own little tanks. And within two days, I can have thousands, thousands of eggs. Okay, so if I'm a fish farm, I might put 50, 100 pairs together. Within a few days, I've got enough eggs and probably wrigglers to stock my pond and grow them out. Then I can remove those, put the next species in, put in a bunch of danios, same thing. Then put in the tiger barbs, same thing. So if you're a fish farm, I, the, the cheap fish are the ones that they can throw into a breeding system and very quickly get a ton of eggs, right? And then just grow them up enough to put them in the pond to grow out. That's the system. That's the efficient system. Not a lot of labor involved and it's a quick turnaround. It doesn't clog up your breeding area. You can rotate species through there, okay? And then those fish grow fast. So in a couple months, if you feed them a lot and give them a pond where there's tons of food and space and things, in a couple months or so, you can sell them. So it's not labor intensive, quick profit. That's what makes them cheap, right? Rainbow fish are totally different. They're very labor intensive. You have to put mops in there. You have to collect the mops out. You have to do all these things to get a substantial number of rainbow fish eggs. It's labor intensive. And then, so so because of that, there's a higher cost associated with that production. And then the other thing is that they grow super slow. So it's not like, these barbs and stuff were in a couple, three months, two to three months, depending on how they're kept and how much they're fed and things. You know, Two months is fine, you know, oftentimes for a lot of fish. They're big enough to start selling to wholesalers or to pet stores, depending on their business model. Rainbow fish, it could take six months. And then, and here's the other thing, and then they're still not gonna be colored up. That could take a year before they get really big and bright and colored. So that's the reason rainbow fish cost a lot. It's not because the fish farms or the producers and things like that are saying, um, oh, and there's a third aspect I'll get to in a sec, are saying, hey, we're gonna charge a ton for these fish and make a ton of money on them. Although, you know, they're there for profit it's because to make the margin that they need, which is the same margin I assume that they make on their other species, um, or maybe it's an increased margin to compensate for the labor costs and things. But in order to make the margin, they have to sell them at a higher price because the labor cost is more and the, the turnaround time is greater. And then the third thing is there's no place set up to export them from the wild. So South America, there's these businesses that will go out and collect tons of, I don't know, cardinal tetras or um, tons of whatever, right? And shift them to the United States. And so we get wild fish for fairly inexpensive. There is no operation that's set up commercially that's reliable in Papua New Guinea. And so there is no way to get big quantities of wild fish into the hobby. So that makes the the cost more. And then in Australia, it's just plain illegal to ship out of. So those are, I think, the the two main reasons, plus a little third reason in there of no wild exports in any kind of substantial regular numbers that keep rainbow fish prices high. So I don't think that they're going to come down very much just because even the cheapest rainbow fish, uh, Neon Dwarf rainbows probably just about the cheapest um it's still quite a bit more expensive than like a tiger barb or a danio it's just because of that stuff so what got me on that i don't remember oh bob's question about rainbow fish yeah um sorry about the tangent but i've been thinking about that and it's been a question that's been raised enough um it seems like in the community that i just wanted to jump on that and hopefully <laughs> hopefully that was a. Informative and not too boring. Um, Water Wizard, well, welcome back. Um, still, still love the rainbow shiner on your uh, thumbnail there, or your profile picture, I guess. Any news on Lumpy Dog? Oh yes, yeah, so Lumpy Dog's fine. He got a hold of me. Um, he's doing great. He's just in a crazy, crazy time in his life right now, he says. And so I think when things calm down, he'll he'll rejoin the community. But I think just stuff in his life is. You know, ultimately, this is a hobby and when other stuff has to get done, it's got to get done. And I don't have the details. You know, I don't I don't know exactly any more than I just told you. But the good thing is, is he's okay. Um, So I, I was pretty worried about him for a while, but he's fine. Dan Linick at Dan's Fish, but it still didn't highlight. But that's okay. I saw it when you drilled all your tanks. You rented a drill from who again? I rented it from Gemco. Let me just bring up that website and show it to you. Great, great place. Um, So I ordered it from these guys. Now I will say though, that since then, I've drilled a lot of tanks without the drill press and it's been just fine, mostly fine. Not quite as fine, mostly fine. So if you only have a couple tanks to do or a few tanks, I wouldn't worry about the drill press. Um, but if you have a lot of tanks to do, then yeah, get the drill press. The other thing that I found, though, is that I didn't like the expensive bit that I got from Jemco very much, honestly. I, I got it because I thought it would be better. I talked to John. He thinks they're better. He had good rationale for it, but comparing that to the cheap like Home Depot bits I can get, I like the Home Depot ones better. They just seem to... I don't know. They seem to work better for me. Oh, Bob. Hey, thank you, Bob, for the super chat. 20 bucks. Bam. Thanks, Bob. Always generous. Thanks for the rainbow information and the update on Lumpy Dog. Relieved to hear it. Let's get this party started. Okay, now we can start. Raise your glasses. Um, here's to Bob Kaler and his super chats. All right. Party started, Bob. <laughs> Real stinks. I have built racks before in the 80s. In fact, one of my, showing your age, Bob, one of my 50 gallons was in a rack. I watched it. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, um, so I heard, so Real Thing got some, a pair of angelfish from me a little while ago, and they spawned, like last week, we learned about that. And then today I found out that they are free swimming, right? So um, how many do you have? How are they doing? Um, just to put it out there, microworms they love. Their bellies will get swollen and white. Vinegar eels, same thing. If you can hatch baby brine shrimp, that's great. And then mine quickly learned to eat rapashi too. So that's kind of how I got them started. But I'm excited, James, about your, your spawn. So let us know how they're doing. How many did you get? What's the setup? All that stuff. Um, question about green phantom plecos, and I'm not the guy to answer that. That's more like a mile high or maybe a, a Bob Kaler answer that because I don't have a lot of excuse me a lot of experience with them oh I want to say this too um next Wednesday while I'm thinking about it is Halloween so we're not gonna have a live stream next Wednesday and I'll hopefully I'll be on my way to Colorado next Wednesday so that I'm hopefully picking up the uh African import but either way if I'm not on the road I'll be out trick-or-treating with my kids so no live stream this on Halloween but there will be the next Wednesday. So while I'm thinking about it, Delbrex21, I've just finished a water change on a secret setup. Oh, gold Rams, not secret anymore. <laughs> I've been doing water changes every two days. I was getting five young, and have already got one paired off. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Um, the secret golden ram setup. That's. <laughs> I hope that they do well for you. I think in my experience, I've seen them spawn in pet stores and stuff. So I, I think that if they're happy and it's warm, and they'll probably be good to go. So I hope you get good production out of them. Um, I do want to say for anyone that's looking for rams, um, Joe Gargis, uh, he's kind of a hero of mine. And the Aqua Research Center joe has captive bred rams golden and blues and he's got discus and severums and blue acaras and all kinds of stuff but he's been captive breeding in his fish room um, for a long time so these aren't fresh imports these aren't transshipped out of big asian farms or anything like that these are bred right here in the united states and he doesn't introduce new fish into his system often and when he does they're wild fish so he doesn't have a lot of those um, problem diseases you can get from the big fish farms. Now, I buy from fish farms all the time, so I'm not saying don't do that. But it's a huge advantage when you don't have to worry about Aeromonas or um, a lot of these diseases that are just all over the fish farms and, and are coming in no matter what anyone does. It just can't be avoided. So, um, Aqua Research Center at GetGills.com. Awesome captive bred rams, discus, Sevrams, acaras, stuff like that. And the guy's been doing it forever. Um, I totally vouch for him. He's He knows his stuff. So just to throw that out there. Fish Guru. I found some baby. Oh, wow. They had babies? I thought you just had a male, male of the murder guppy. <laughs> Balloon socks. Bellizanus, is that right? I don't know. Sounded a little dirty. And a member of my fish club is going to try to head to Florida to catch some. So I'll probably be getting some of them, assuming they don't eat each other. Yeah, that's the big assumption with that spit, that fish, right? But that's awesome. Bellonisox. Bellonisox? Belizean. I I think it's Belizeanus. Belizeanus, probably. Belizeanus. I don't know. <laughs> um, hey, prolific breed. Glad you made it. How's everything going? I hope things are going well. Um, Mile High, what else is in the tank? So he's Mile High is helping Otter Creek out with the uh, Green Phantom Pleco issue, which I just don't know that much about. Okay, I see an at Dan's fish comment here, or I did. Then it went away. Okay, Bob Kaler, still waiting on my Eye. six weeks. <laughs> that is horrible, Bob. I'm so sorry. I remember when you got him and we were like all excited. And I've been like checking out your channel, waiting to see the unboxing and everything. But man, I hope you get him soon. Um, I, I, I know... LRB's got stuff he's trying to figure out with that, but six weeks, that's a long time. I'm sorry. I got seven Skiffia multipunctata from Andrew today. Cool. Beautiful fish. For those that don't know what that is, let me, this is, this is worth a little show off. Uh, Skiffia multipunctata. Is that, Bob, is that the one they call the black prince? I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember for sure, but here it is cool fish really neat patterns uh, interesting fins on these guys um i've i've always thought this fish was was pretty cool so yeah little live bear good type so that's awesome bob maybe a trip fine made the trip fine and begged for food all evening so i had blood worms and bug bites tonight that's great that's great i'm glad you got them and i'm glad they're doing good I can't wait to see a video of, uh, of them having babies for you. And yeah, <laughs> that'll be fantastic. So we'll be checking your channel out uh, probably as soon as I'm done here, Bob, to see if you've got a, an unboxing yet, or if not, maybe tomorrow. I don't know how quickly you can get your videos turned around. Terry's Tropical Tanks that Dance Fish. What do you mean by reverse trio? So Terry, uh, a trio is a male and two females. Reverse trio is two males and a female. And when you're breeding a lot of the egg scatterers, danios, tetras, um, barbs, things like that, it often helps to have more males than females. You don't have to. You can breed just pairs. But when there's a, a few or even a group of males um, that want to spawn, there's more success they just there's something about the group activity that that stimulates the spawning process and in the wild they they breed in mass they breed in big groups a lot of them not not all of them like uh there there are species that tetras even that'll you know the male will claim a cave and the female will lay the eggs in the cave and all that um but but in general when you're breeding egg scatterers more males than females is good so reverse trios is kind of like the starting point for that Chef Hannibal. Hey, Chef. Yum, yum. When you built your racks, see, every time I see Chef Hannibal, I just think of Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter and cannibalism. (laughs) I don't know if that's intentional. I bet it is. (laughs) But when you built your racks, how much space between the top of the bottom rack and the next shelf? I am looking to see if I have a measuring tape on the desk here so I can answer that. I don't. But what I will say is it's a 75 gallon tank and there is 10 inches at least, it might be 12, 10 to 12 inches between the top of the 75 gallon tank and the bottom of the next, of the lumber for the next rack. If that makes sense. So, um, one thing i've done in past fish rooms is i've made that mistake of trying to cram tons of tanks vertically and i'm like oh i can i can work in six inches no not really i mean you can but it's not very pleasant if they're five and a half gallon tanks or something that aren't very deep maybe that's okay because you you don't have this big net you're using but in a 75 gallon tank a 20 gallon tank even is high enough that and a good eight inches just is a lot nicer than, than not having the space. So I can like get my head and shoulders and everything through there without any problem. So I I would recommend more, like if, if you're like, well, I could get the fourth row of 10 gallons vertically, the fourth stacked up there. If I just cut it down to six or four inches between, I'm telling you, I promise you, you'll regret that decision get rid of it, just make it three high and give yourself plenty of of room. If that's the, if that's the thing you're trying to figure out, but, uh, mine are 75 gallons. So they're kind of big tanks. I need big nets and things. So I went with, I think it's 10. It might be 12 inches. And I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have a tape measure on me right now. I usually do. So it's a little weird, but at least I don't see one. Um, Mr. Bees, late here in my neck of the woods night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for staying up with us. Hope you have pleasant dreams. So for those wondering where I'm at, where I'm man, where I am, I just uh, got to Bob Kaler's very generous super chat of 20 bucks. Thanks again, Bob. Really appreciate it. Twin City Guppies. Hey, Kang Lee. Welcome. Welcome, Kang. I'm glad you're here. So, Kang word on the street is that your guppies are just the best ever so that's what everyone who saw them at the aquatic experience is saying so good on you man um good on you and i love the website i i check it every now and then and um i yeah i think you're doing a great job so keep on keeping on man and i'm glad you're here hangar 77 at Dancefish. hi rosie barb fry are doing great awesome have about 50 soon I'll set up a 20 gallon for them to grow up in. Cool. That sounds amazing. I'm glad they're doing well. Um, I thought they were golden barbs for some reason. I must've got that in my head wrong. So good. 50 is not a bad haul for a small egg scatterer that accidentally spawned, right? If I remember the story right. I could be confusing you with someone else. Sometimes that happens. But if I remember right, that was the story. So so good on you. So let me ask this, Hangar. Could you kind of just tell us... um, What you kept them in, what food you started them on, kind of what the setup was like. So anyone else that's trying to breed an egg scatterer um, just has, can learn from your experience. I I would like to know that too. Egg scatterers are just, they can be a little difficult to get going because they're so small at the start, right? Again, Mark's Aquariums or Mark's Aquatics, I think, or Mark's Fish Tanks, the guy in the UK, he does great videos on how he raises live food for his tiny little egg scatterers and things so great resource there but hangar i'm just curious how you did it real tanks uh skipped on me this chat anyone that's done a live stream you know what i'm talking about i guess i'm over 200 free swimmers that is great cool that is that's a lot of little platinum baby angelfish i'm glad to hear that um, did you let the parents raise them kind of naturally or did you separate them? I'm just going to go out on a limb here and guess with that many successfully free swimming, you probably separated them, but, um, just curious if you don't mind sharing and what did you start them on? Did you start them on, uh, microworms or brine shrimp, or did you find a uh, prepared food that worked for you? But 200 great, man. I'm sorry. My kids are upstairs, uh, playing around, apparently jumping off the bed onto the floor. That was loud. <laughs> Twin Sweetie Guppies. Dan, what is your favorite substrate for plants? Got some cool plants and want to farm them out. Oh man, Ken Glee, I, I am so not a good plant guy. I wish I could answer that, but the best I've found is just like pea gravel, but I'm not the guy. This is like my only planted tank. <laughs> this this uh, tub, what is this called? Trough here? Uh, has gravel in it like pea gravel from home depot and then this is just home depot play sand like that's as that's as complicated as i get so i hardly do any plants in most of my tanks they're bare bottom tanks um and i just have like some floating water sprite because i can't kill it and it really helps the fish feel comfortable and controls uh nitrite and ammonia and java moss because uh it's fish love it and i can't kill that either so I'm not the right guy to ask that. So for me, Home Depot, pea gravel and play sand, man, every time. Four bucks a bag, I'm there. (laughs) Um, For those that don't know or are new to the channel, um, if you want me to respond to a comment, if you have a question or a comment that you would like me to see and respond to, if you make it at Dan's Fish, so type in the at symbol and then start typing D-A-N and it'll populate and you select that. It'll highlight and then I can jump right to it. If I haven't got to your question or comment, it's just, I'm not ignoring you, I promise. I just didn't see it. So uh, please repost it and I will get to it. And um, 54 Punchy, if you see any stuff that I'm missing that didn't highlight for me or whatever, um, if you could call my attention to it, that would be fantastic. Oh, and thank you, 54 Punchy, for posting the uh, getgills.com site. So for those that don't know, getgills.com is a a new website that I launched. My brother and I are partnered building this sucker, and it's a place for anyone to sell their fish or buy their fish. The purpose is that in aggregate, we're stronger. So one thing I found with my Shopify store was um, that the number of species I could carry, you know, I'm just a guy with a basement fish room, 30, 40 species wasn't enough to attract a lot of traffic. But if I post at getgills.com and lots of other people do that have a few fish to sell or even lots of fish to sell, it doesn't really matter. We can build something that has uh, enough draw that we get a lot of traffic. So that's kind of the purpose. So if you have fish to sell, um, that you have a fish room or a few tanks and you produce some stuff, please feel free to post it on getgills.com it's free to post on there um there's a small percentage five percent that we take if you make a sale and get paid through the site um that keeps the site just to keep maintaining the site and improving it and keep it alive basically but you don't pay anything until something actually sells so there's no like monthly fee or anything like that um and i did have a question for those that are familiar with getgills.com i want to ask you a question um So that's all my stuff. So this, we made this the new landing page. And I'm wondering if you guys like that better. This was the old landing page. um, And it's pretty cool. But sometimes um, it gets like a lot of pages of like dry goods and stuff before you see any fish. And there's nothing wrong with that. We want to support the dry goods and things. But this is kind of like the newest item posted just goes to the top. And so if you got here for the first time ever, my fear was that if you landed in the middle of, um, I don't know, let me see if I can find an example. I don't know if I can, but in the middle of, a if all you saw for the first page was mostly dry goods, that you'd be like, I thought this was for fish and like not be happy. So we changed it to category hoping that that way it'd be clear that, okay, there's fish here, there's food here, there's books, there's dry goods, there's all this stuff. Um, But I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, Do you like the new landing page or did you like the old one better? And we've got, we're working on even a a better landing page system. But before we do that, we're going to finish building out a new shipping system that's a lot more flexible. That's where most of our time and energy is going right now. But I'm just curious about that landing page, uh, what you think about it. Okay, let me get back to stuff. Um, Twin City Guppies says, I have Eco Complete, never tried ADA, and was just wondering if I should go that route or try something new. Yeah, I stick by my, right, by my recommendation. Pea gravel from Home Depot, four bucks a bag. I don't know. Someone, uh, someone here that keeps plants and propagates lots of plants, uh, could you chime in and let Ken Lee or Twin City Guppies know what, what you think, um, what your experience is? because uh, I just don't know, yeah. PJ Bailey, are the killies you're getting annual fishes? I have zero experience with killifish. No, the ones I'm getting are all non-annual species. So they, they can incubate the eggs in the water. Um, they don't live in areas that dry up. They live more like in streams and permanent bodies of water. Um, so they're not annual. Although annual species can be really easy too. Um, they aren't necessarily harder. It's just there's an extra step, which is put in a little container of peat moss, take it out occasionally and dry it out and wait a couple months before you dry it. I mean, that's basically the difference. Um, And annual killifish don't last as long, but they last longer than you think. Um, The aquarium doesn't dry up. And so they don't die as quickly as you think. There's there's this misconception that annual killifish um, don't last long in the aquarium. And they don't last as long as as a lot of fish, but you'll get over a year out of a lot of them. Uh, Some you won't, there's a couple that are super quick, (laughs) Um, but um, like Furzeri, I believe is the one. It's the quickest growing vertebrate in the world. Um, They have two dry seasons. And so it rains, there's water for a few weeks and then it dries up, there's a dry season. Then it rains again. So they have two dry seasons, two wet seasons each year. So those fish don't have long to grow and reproduce. So that one won't last as long, but a lot of them will last for, for a while. Um, Water Wizard says skiffies are amazing. Oh, and he has a video on them. Cool. Check it out. All right. Scrolling down to see if there's more at Dance fish stuff. And there is. Let me just get to them here. All right. Hey, Bob Steenfot. Glad you're here. Hope you're recouped from uh, <laughs> from the aquatic experience. I I saw your uh, live stream. I caught your live stream today. I watched the replay on that. Seems like it was uh, <laughs> like you're never going back. But you said that before, so I don't know if I believe you. Mile high plecos at Dancefish. Dancefish ignores me all the time. <laughs> Sorry, but hey, highlighted there. You figured it out. Good. You know, some people are just easier to ignore. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's never on purpose. With all the super chats you've done for me, Mile High, it's never on purpose. Trust me. Um, Reels Tanks, I pulled a pair, started with microworms and ground extra fine flake food. So that's how Real Thing uh raises mega batch of baby angelfish. After the pair spawned, he pulled them and then he just raised them right in the breeding tank. Cool. And if I remember right, that's like a planted tank with gravel and they spawn on a piece of wood on the bottom, right? If I remember right. So nothing like, like not a special setup, just right there in the, in the, uh, parents, normal old fish tank. Good, good. Fish Tropic, welcome. I miss Jeff's stream. Well, there are going to be severe repercussions, man. <laughs> That's what replays are for. I miss a lot of streams just because get busy, but plenty, plenty, plenty of ways to catch up on those. Hangar 77. I discovered them when I was gravel vacuuming. Once I collected them, I put them. So this is how a Hangar bred the barbs. Once I collected them, I put them in a hang-in and floating breeder boxes, fed them first bites, and grabbed up sea chem chlorella. Great. So you didn't even need live food, and they raised up for you. That's how easy that fish is. That's awesome. Um, just one more follow-up. Is the breeder box one of those with the tube coming up with fresh air kind of bubbling in constantly? Or was it just like a net breeder or something? Dan Linick, the wrench of power. Yes, 54 welds it well. Wields it well. Bob Kaler at Dan's Fish, yes, nice improvement. It was nice to log in and see it. Okay, so you like it, cool. Wonder what other people think. Thomas is getting distracted by flower horns. I know, um, those flower horns are looking good. So Flower Horn Supply created a store and started posting on there. If you're in the market for some really good quality flower horns, um, check them out. Check them out. <laughs> all right. Fish Guru is voting for Eco Complete. It's the devil. <laughs> Hangar77 working on a video showing my setup. Cool. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'll just wait for the video then. That'll solve all my questions. All right. Well, we have reached 8.05. It's been an hour and five minutes, so um, I think what we'll do is in a couple minutes we'll shut her down, but if anyone has any questions or comments that they want to get out there um, today and want to get talking about or get an answer to or whatever, now's the time because uh, we've reached the bottom of the chat, and so we'll shut it down in in a few minutes here. All right, cool. So while we're uh, while we're kind of finishing here, I just want to do a thank you. Uh, before I do that, just a reminder: no live stream on Halloween. Uh, I'll either be on the way to Denver to pick up the import from Africa, which oh gosh, it better come, <laughs> it better come. Um, or I'll be trick or treating with my kids. So this coming Wednesday, no live stream. So it'll be the the following Wednesday. So uh, the next one will be on November seventh. Holy cow, this month is like done that's crazy um i want to thank everybody that participated if you uh if you asked questions or chatted or whatever and made this stream entertaining and lively in any way thank you so much for those that chimed in to help other people like mile high with otter creek's questions and things like that thank you for helping the other community members out 54 punchy thank you for modding appreciate it just jumped right in Uh, i really appreciate you doing that Anyone that's lurking, I get you. I lurk all the time. You're good. Um, and Bob Kaler, thank you so much for the generous super chat. It all helps. It all helps keep this facility going. Keep the uh, Get Gills website operating and uh, all that stuff happening. So I really appreciate it. Otter Creek. Otter Creek. Apparently, I can't say creek anymore. Otter Creek Aquatics. That's what happens when your mouth combines creek and aquatics. Otter Queek Aquatics. <laughs> Did you ever see my baby pandas? Could you guess how old it is? So I didn't. I, I tried a couple times, and then I couldn't find the one. You replied and told me which video it is, and I've just been too busy. Um, but I will do it. I'm gonna check that video out, and I'll I'll know next time. So Otter Creek had some uh, panda corys breed for him, so and he's got some video of some of the babies. So apparently there's a live stream called uh, the panda cory spawned or baby pandas or something to do with panda Cories at Otter Creek. Uh, Creek, I did it again. That's going to be my kryptonite. Otter Creek Aquatics uh, channel that I'm going to check out later if anyone else is interested. Hangar seventy-seven. I do manual changes, but it is the pump type. Scroll up to see about the gravel. Okay. Okay. Oh, I missed I missed one. Sorry. Just give me a sec. Oh, yeah. Vacuuming the gravel. Yep. um, Cool. And I look forward to that video, Hangar. See how you do it. Taco. <clears throat> there I am all excited to say Taco Man Aquatics and I can't. <clears throat> Taco Man Aquatics. Going to check out some of your other content. Great stream. Well, thanks. And uh, yeah, the channel's there. Check it out. Hope you like it if you do stick around if you don't there's plenty of other youtubers no worries but glad you're here thanks for coming by carbon Ril. Rill. really good night everyone well good night carbon really um and hangar then i started up baby brine shrimp and they really started to grow yeah for sure i mean once you get them on live food that's when they all take off all right well thanks again everybody um 54 punchy, I have a half dozen peppered quarries I wasn't expecting. Yeah, those Cori dories, Paleotis, they can, they spawn like crazy. Um, all right. So um, thanks again, everybody. Appreciate you being here. No live stream next Wednesday, but November 7th, we will be. Uh, 54 punchy, thanks again for, for jumping in. And everybody, I think that's it. JH Aquatics, hey, welcome. Sorry I didn't see you earlier. Yeah. Um, And we're shutting it down. So we'll catch you next time. Until then, have a good one. And I'll talk to you all later.